Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Here with you on a Friday morning. We are glad to be with you to start another weekend with you. We appreciate you guys looking us up at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you're getting your podcast from. We appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate all of our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. It's going to be a cold weekend in Starville. Nobody, this is a weird spring, or not really spring, but whatever, weekend. There's nothing going on up here. Softball, I think. Is that it? No baseball. No baseball Men's basketball's no at Missouri. Basketball. Women's basketball's at Ole Miss. Nothing going on. Not sure about the other sports, but I'm pretty sure softball has some home games. But, okay. But yeah, that's it. It's gonna be like a like a weekend, like that first weekend in uh in May where everybody's gone. It's gonna be a ghost town. <laughs> I, There'll be no line at a restaurant. It, it is very unusual, isn't it? To, to yeah, have normally they have no nothing. That, yeah. Weird. Anything about like next weekend. When you've got uh, home baseball and Ole Miss comes here, that's going to be a huge Saturday on campus, yeah. you would think. Yeah, shout out, by the way, to softball because um, I, I guess I'm going to give them a quick promo here. Yeah. I know a lot of you may have been to softball before, but that's a lot of fun. If you're, if you're like sitting here twiddling your thumbs and start phoning like, yeah. what to do, assuming the weather's good, I don't even know if what the weather got, will be this weekend, but it's free yeah. and you go and it's quick, two hours. Yeah, quick pace. Yeah. Entertaining. They keep the fans involved. If, if you've got family, if you've got kids, especially if you've got young girls, softball is a great family activity yeah. that will not cost you a ton of money. And it's, I mean, it's high quality softball too. It's not like you're out there watching them walk the park or anything. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. You hey, go out there, you go out there and watch Davidson and, and and say her name. I can never do it. Falalua. I don't even know if I, I, I don't do know it why right. I can't say it, but uh, I always want to say like La Falua or something like that. It's 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 my new Laloya. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you watch them out there cranking home runs. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And when you go out there, if you go out there on a cold weekend, you should probably take some Strange Fruit Coffee House with you there. It'll keep you a little bit of a uh, little bit warm, which you you will need this weekend. Is this the last weekend of cold? This got to be it. We got to be getting close, right? Groundhog saw a shadow. Didn't see a shadow, so we, spring's supposed to be here. I doubt it'll be the last weekend of cold. I can remember a baseball season a few years ago where I felt like we didn't wear short sleeves until. Like the last home weekend, um, that was about three or four years ago. Yeah, it seemed like it was cold every single yeah. weekend, or at least cool. Okay. Last year, I feel like it was pretty warm for the most part. But didn't, but didn't I think last year was the six more weeks of winter? This was supposed to be a spring start. You actually believe the groundhog? Come on, man. Are you are you saying that that might have been a fraud? Yeah, yeah. Perpetrated by the big groundhog industry? Yeah. Well, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, no fraud at uh, Strange Brew Coffee House. Go check them out and uh, get you something good to drink. The groundhog industry. What? Big groundhog. <laughs> what? Stay woke, friend. You better wake up. You're going to wake up one morning and nobody's going to be here to speak for you. Big groundhog's going to take them all over. <laughs> all right? 
If it's not Big Groundhog, it's Big Pangolin or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I also want to thank uh, College Corner. <laughs> Are you okay? Pangolin. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an it's a mammal. Okay. Uh, I thought you were trying to say penguin and didn't know how. Pangolin. P a n g o i o l i n. Pangolin. You know, <laughs> ever seen a pangolin? Look it up right there. You got a little device. College Corner. College Corner. No pangolins there. Plenty of bulldog, rebel, and golden eagle merchandise. Probably some tigers and some some golden eagle or some uh, crimson tide. Maybe maybe a. I don't know, maybe a volunteer or two. I don't know. They got it all taken care of, though. So go check them out at either one of their two locations. In the Jackson area, they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in uh, Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at uh, collegecornerstore.com. And whatever you're looking for in maroon and white, they're going to have it. Not only to put on your body, but to put on your car, to put in your house. Whatever you're looking for, they've got you taken care of at College Corner. Look it up. Look up a pangolin. That's literally what I'm Googling. I want you I want to see your reaction to it. It's, a, it's an interesting little animal. Pangolin. It looks like an anteater. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So it's a real thing. I wasn't making it up. It's an interesting looking dude. Yeah. All this because we were talking about... Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Kind of cute, but not really. No. You know? It looks like a gigantic roly-poly. Yeah. Yeah. With a, a face of kind of like an alligator slash aardvark. You know, sometimes I wonder what God was doing. When he came up with some of these ideas. I saw a Facebook post the other day. It was like, if your kid's drawings were actual. Oh, yeah, some nightmare fuel in that. And this kind of looks like one of them. Yeah. You know, like dogs with like a long neck yeah. and, and short feet. You know, a cat with a monster head and like a little tiny <laughs> tail. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. You know, there's, stuffed anim- there's a stuffed animal company that will make your kid's drawings, too. It's like your kid draws something, you're like, oh, that's really cute. You can send it off and they'll make it. And then you can have nightmare fuel in your kid's bed, waking up in the middle of the night. Oh, mommy, mommy, this thing that I drew. Uh, here's an article. The pangolin suspected as direct source of coronavirus outbreak. Big pangolin is getting us, man. <laughs> oh, is that man. real? Is that, really, is that a real thing? Uh, that, that was a real article. I saw one of these. We're, we're, we are already off the rails here. I saw another video of some woman in China eating a dang bat. Like, what do we have to do? How many people got to die before y'all stop eating bats over there? Bat must be freaking delicious, by the way. Because visually, it's not very appealing. It's not like a, you know, a, a beautiful cake or, you know, a steak with a big, <laughs> nice bread. They just, like, boil it. Okay, here we go. Coronavirus. China is banning citizens from eating wild animals, including... Pangolins, peacocks, and badgers. I think because they're afraid that that is the source of Yes! It. So they're like, stop but eating I also heard stuff. it was bats. And there, I saw a video of a woman just like, got a bat between her chopsticks and just chawing down on it. Like you and I would eat a rib. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you people? Oh, man. We're all going to die because people can't eat. stop eating bats. It seems like every two or three years, there, there's, something. there's something that's going to kill flu, us all. SARS. Swine flu. Swine flu. Only swine flu I've ever had is... What was the one... Uh, Never mind. I couldn't think of it. Wasn't there one from like a, mos- a mosquito that if you're what's now? Well, that. But there was another one that like if you were pregnant and got bit by the mosquito, your kid's head was going to be deformed or something. <laughs> what? This is like a year or two ago. I, I, I hate to laugh if that's real. No, it is. I can't remember what it was called though. Um, Gosh, the reason I it's so malaria. I don't know. <laughs> It's only mosquito disease. I know like three mosquito diseases. I West can't Nile, remember what it was called. Malaria and yellow fever. But there is something every year or two that's just going to yeah. wipe us all out. Yeah. So, 
Great. Stop right eating bats is sort of my, my point here. Right now it's coronavirus. You know who doesn't need to stop with the bats is the MSU baseball team. Excellent segue. They need to get the bats going. They they need to make that happen. And they have a tough task in front of them because this Long Beach State team, the Dirtbags, Joel and I did a little research. They actually are the Dirtbags. That's the official name. Great. They are okay. a heck of a pitching team so far. Now, they're 6-2 and two on the year. Team ERA is 1.66. Teams are batting... A paltry 184 against them. The top uh, guys in the rotation, have the, the guys who have started games on the weekends, Alfredo Ruiz, two starts, 14 innings pitched. He has not given up a run and has 14 strikeouts, only four hits. Uh, Devereaux Harrison, don't know how LSU let him go, uh, 1.04. E-A-U-X? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 1.04 ERA. Does he got to start? I'm oh, sorry, he is not a starter. Never mind. But Tyler Gums is. His ERA is also 1.04. 8.2 innings pitch. He's only given up one earned run. And Luis Ramirez, who has the most strikeouts on the team with 15, uh, has a 3.97 ERA. They have four guys who have thrown at least three innings that have not given up a run. It's nice. They're, they're a very, very good pitching team is what I'm trying to get at. Ruiz batters are hitting 089 against him. Doesn't bode well whenever you're out there struggling well, that, to hit against Texas Southern that, and Alcorn State. That's what I'm trying Texas to get at here is like this is an interesting matchup for Mississippi State because this team could pitch. Now what this team has some trouble doing, similar to Mississippi State, is they're not a good hitting team. Only hitting 273 as a team. Uh, they've only hit uh, – Am I looking at that right? Two. Two home runs on the season. Uh, leading hitter is... God, this is really his name. I'm not making it up. Don't get any ideas. But Connor Cox, K-O-K-X, I've never seen that spelling in my life. It's really like Cox. He's hitting 474. Uh, Leonard Jones at 333. Uh, Aiden Malm, 333. Calvin Estrada. 324. I had to try to roll the R uh, there. Estrada. Any uh, kind to Eric? I was about to. <laughs> Joel, <laughs> I make the jokes here. You're the straight man. Uh, he's hitting 324. So you got four guys, you know, that are uh, that are pretty healthy in the batting average there, and that's your, of your of your normal starters. And then boom, it drops. Cole Joy at 235. San, Santino Rivera 185, and Jacob <laughs> Huey at 125. So. What? <laughs> they have a Pimentel on this team. Alex Pimentel. They have to be related, right? How many Pimentels are there? It's not like Smith or Jones. I've heard nothing of like Brandon's long-lost brother being out on the West Coast. <laughs> That'd be something. Um, Watch them actually be related. <laughs> they, they have to be. I mean, they've got to be some sort of, of third cousin removed or something. Um, so, not a, like I said, not a great hitting team. Only slugging 347. OBP as a team is uh, is 360. So this is a team that pitches it well and does enough hitting to win. They they are good enough. And for Mississippi State, we've been talking about this offense for the past few weeks. Past few weeks. The last two weeks. You know, are they going to finally get, get going? Weather should be nice. I, I haven't looked at the forecast, I'll be honest with you. But I'm going to make a big assumption that in Long Beach, California, the weather's going to be nice this weekend. So an opportunity then 
to get the bats going against what appears to be a premium pitching staff. If State wins this series and does so in a fashion where they're scoring seven, eight runs, to me that that's a huge step forward and a huge positive sign for the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I feel like with the weather being better, I think that you haven't seen the best of this state offense yet. I don't think that who they've been through the first few games is who they are. I th- they, State's just got to figure out the back half of that order, basically, right? That's your... Yeah. I mean, I feel completely confident. Fi- I, Even though Rowdy Jordan's off to a little bit of a slow you're start. You're with me in that Rowdy, Jordan, Justin, and, and Tanner are fine. Don't forget Westberg. <laughs> I'm going first names only. Oh, okay. What are they, a boy band? I guess. <laughs> if I told you the hottest new boy band was was four guys named Rowdy, Jordan, Tanner, and Justin, you'd buy that. <laughs> you'd buy that in a heartbeat. That could be the bulldog beat. You know, just, uh, <laughs> I, I want to hit your heart is their latest single. <laughs> but I feel comfortable in saying that those guys, uh, they're going to be A-OK. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah right, I agree. State's just got to figure out. I mean, we mentioned Pimentel. They got to figure out can he play in the outfield and can he stick in the outfield. Um, he can't hit. I don't have State's stats pulled up here in front of me, but he can't hit a buck fifty or two hundred or whatever he's hitting right now all year long. Just can't. Uh, they've got to figure that out. Third base. It kind of seems like Landon Jordan played there, I believe, on Wednesday, but. They've got to, got to make sure that Cameron James or whoever's okay. That they, they've just got to figure it out, and uh, it's getting to the point of the season now where you're a couple weeks in. Everybody's timing should start to be getting there. The one guy, Tanner Allen, still the guy that doesn't have quite the abs as everybody else, so he may still be settling in a little bit. Um, probably hadn't been able to get in that great of a rhythm given his injury status or whatever, and miss some games, but. This is the weekend, uh, I, I guess maybe even more so for the fan base's psyche, you'd, you'd like to see them put up some runs. Yeah. Um, Pitching-wise, I'm interested to see what Eric Sarantola does again. Yes. Every, every weekend is a judgment day for that kid. Uh, he's still a wild card. I believe in Eric Sarantola's talent. I, I believe that he is a kid that if you unlock... I was listening to a, a podcast the other day. It's one of my Braves podcasts, but it was Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever and played for several several other teams too. But uh, they were talking about tall, lanky pitchers and stuff and, and how it's just so hard because there's so many moving parts and from different angles. A lot of those guys struggled to to find that spot where they maintain their command or whatever. I mean, like Randy Johnson, for instance, whenever he was first coming up, I mean, he was wild as a buck, even in the big leagues a little bit there. Uh, Tall guys like Eric Sarantola, sometimes it takes them longer to figure this repetitive motion and and get everything in line kind of deal. So I I think there's going to come a day where Eric Sarantola, it just pops for him. But we haven't seen that day yet. Um I continue to believe, though, if he can get to that point and State has McLeod followed by Sarantola, and if Ginn, if Ginn somehow becomes healthy and gets to come back and contribute, that's that's obviously fantastic. But if McLeod and Sarantola reach their peak, State's going to be fine, I think, from a pitching standpoint. 
it's all about the hitting this weekend. I want to see State's bats come to life because we really haven't seen that. Even the, even the games where they've kind of had big run outputs. I mean, they they, has, they scored eight against Alcorn State. Well, you can say, well, that was Alcorn State. Everybody should score eight against Alcorn State. They scored seven or eight against uh, Oregon State the other day, and like four of them scored on walk. You know, runs being walked in. Um, you cannot. You can throw a butt in front of just about every every good offensive thing right, that they've right. had. The the one caveat, I guess, being that the explosion when Pimentel hit the, the homer um, in the eighth inning last Friday. I, I, you just want to see that consistency develop. Yeah, yeah. You want because, because right now. It is a concern. Uh, no, I, I think offensively they're going to be okay, but you haven't really seen anything right now to, to truly believe that other than just hope. I think another key, considering how much bullpen you had to use these past couple of days, is to, you, Friday night you're, you're playing a pretty weak-hitting team. You need Carlisle Kessler to come out and give you four or five solid innings, I think, you know, and try to limit what you have to do. You know you're probably going to get six innings plus out of McLeod on Saturday, but you know that on Sunday you're going to need to throw some arms out there in all likelihood. It's it's unlikely that Sarantola is going to get deep into the game. So Friday you want to, you know, try to limit it as much as you can. You know, maybe sort of a Kessler and then you go to Bednar who's been good in long relief and then maybe finish it up with Price. But that's, you'd like to limit it to three pitchers if you possibly could. If you could get four innings out of him and then maybe three out of Bednar because I don't know if Spencer Price can give you six outs or not right this second, but that's that would be the situation. Now, obviously, if the hitting comes through for you, you can let the guys ling, linger longer. But linger longer. Come try our new Swedish restaurant. Linger longer here in Starkville. Uh, you talking about all this, man? That's still my my greatest concern for this team. The bullpen. Because they're gonna have to fill so many innings mm-hmm. if JT's out. Yeah. Sarantola's rarely gonna get you past five. Kessler's seemingly rarely gonna get you past five. I mean, you can't count on Christian McLeod to go out there and throw a complete game every week. So, you know, on average, you, you probably think he's getting you six. So that's probably at minimum, what, four, four, uh, 11 innings out of the pen. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot to ask out of a young pen. And I know there are some promising pieces, and you mentioned some of those names. But we, I think that's an optimistic scenario. To have Kessler going five every weekend, to have oh, I agree. to have Sarantola going five every weekend, well, and so, to have McLeod going at least six every weekend. I mean, that's best case scenario. It kind of seems like, and, and so there's a chance that you could end up having anywhere from twelve to fourteen to fifteen innings being covered by that pen. And does State have enough pieces, enough of those young arms they can count on? Um, and it does help that Spencer Price and Riley Self appear to be contributors again yeah. too so i don't know that's my that's my worry with this team right now and, and where you felt good if jt again was going to be top notch jt again coming into the year that you had two guys on friday and saturday that could eat a lot of innings and then sunday you just have sarantola and figure it out kind of deal but now jt's absence has kind of thrown everybody's role has increased or whatever and i, I you just got to hope that they can carry that weight in the pen First off, you said as an optimistic appraisal. If if anything, I'm known for it's optimism. It's optimism. But you're right. I mean, that is optimistic. You know, and then until JT Ginn gets back, it really is sort of like a, a wait and see kind of deal on everything. And that's when once Ginn is back, and you feel uh, maybe I shouldn't even say if Gwen Ginn is back when you have 
clarity on what the situation is going forward, in or out, full strength or not, then you can start making more bigger decisions. Isn't it odd that we're two weeks into this JT Ginn deal and there isn't any – I guess they have some clarity, but they haven't expressed any kind of clarity. I think we talked about this on the show. We, we talked about it off air. We were off air that – if he was out, they would. If he was going to have Tommy John, which a lot of people were saying, a few like last week, oh, he's out for the season having Tommy John, that would have happened already. Why would they wait? I, I highly doubt they would kick that can down the road three or four weeks. Right. So the fact that they ha- they don't have any real update means they're still getting a- information, but they obviously don't feel that they have to shut it down and get him and get him into surgery. To me, anyway. I. I mean, I, I'm just. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn a little bit, but if it if it's my kid or something, and it's obvious he needs Tommy John, I want that done ASAP. Right. I, I don't want to... Because, in theory, let's play that out. If he needed Tommy John, there's a... I mean, that's a 12-month recovery, basically. You would want that done as soon as possible so that he might be able to pitch next year. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you kick that can down the road till after the season, well, now you're missing games this year, and if you get it done, like, say, in May or whenever, then you're missing next season, too, kind of thing. Like, I feel like if that, that was what it was, they would hurry up and get it done, but I don't know. Uh, it just – them kicking the can down the road like they have, them keeping Carlisle Kessler on Friday seems to point to me towards they think there's at least a chance – he can come back, but then again, we keep getting there's no update on his status, no update on his status, and I haven't really gathered any sense of, of optimism, but I don't know. Maybe he just gets kind of thrown back in there one weekend. We'll I, I, don't, I don't know. That's it's, sort of what happened so the last unusual. time around. They're just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's good to go. I remember he, he, what did he, he, he got pulled from after one inning, right, or whatever, the one batter maybe, I forget, at Tennessee, correct? And then the next week, he didn't start on Saturday. And I remember going to the press conference, and I phrased my question in such a way that what I was trying to get Lamonas to say was, again, it's starting tomorrow. And so I asked my question, and he just smiled. He's like, what are you trying to ask? And I just looked, I was like, is Ginn starting tomorrow? And, and Lamonas was like, yes, he's starting tomorrow. <laughs> so it could be something like that. We're just, it could be next week against Quinnipiac. Uh, that they just put out a graphic on Thursday. Here's this weekend's lineup, and Ginn's right at the front of it. So... The we'll deal. See. The deal is now he hasn't pitched in two weeks, three weeks. What's he's pitched. Been? Well, I mean, if you want to look at it like that, he's pitched. Uh, you know what? He four? hadn't pitched since opening weekend, he so pit- it's been two weeks. He's pitched four. He's pitched four innings since June. That's true. But I'm just what I'm where I'm what I'm getting at there. I'm going to assume that Christian McLeod, Eric Sarantola, those guys, they can go a deep, a little deeper with their pitch counts this coming weekend. It'll be their third weekend think, in a row yeah. to go out there. Um, JT Ginn will go at least three weeks between starts. And that's assuming, you know, he is healed or something and he is magically back in the, the rotation. His pitch count was 60 in his opening start. Yeah. He hadn't pitched in three weeks. It isn't going to be above 60, I wouldn't you think, wouldn't in this think. next one. So, I mean, even, I guess what I'm getting at is even if he gets thrown back in there, it's not like he's thrown back in there and, hey, go 120 pitches and yeah. go have, have yeah. at it. Yeah. Like, we'll have to see. And, and, and see, where I'm getting at with all this is – you're now only, what, two weeks away from SEC play starting? Yes. So it's high time to start figuring this crap out, I guess is where I'm getting. 
I agree. The rubber's meeting the road here. You're not wrong. I mean, especially when I your mean, first the, two the series. The bullpen are... roles have got to be figured out. The your rotation, whether it's keeping Kessler on Friday or, or whatever, all that's got to be figured out. Who's playing left field? Is Pimentel going to bat 150 and need need to be on the bench, or is? Yeah. I mean, you got to figure all this out. First two series are Arkansas and LSU. No, yeah. There's, there's no Missouri or Kentucky coming in to give you a little little cushion there. So. We'll see how it goes. What's your prediction for this weekend? Oh, I still believe in the team mm-hmm. because I, here here's Mister Optimistic Joel a little bit, but I think the that's offense, rare for you. Go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, I think the offense is fine. Um, I really feel like that they will. There's just something about playing baseball, and you get out of the cold, and you get out of the the damp, and and you see the sunshine shining, and. They're just going to be reinvigorated a little bit, I think. I, I think mentally, to get out on the West Coast and hopefully, like you said, I haven't checked out the Long Beach weather forecast, but I imagine it's going to be pretty nice to get out there and get away from the the windy, damp, cold Mississippi weather that we had the last month and get in some sunshine and, and play some ball. I think just mentally, that's a that's a boost for yeah. these guys. I, I think you're going to see the offense come out and, and perform. I'll say they win two out of three. Yeah. Um, I, that said, your mind is still slanted a little bit because they did not play well in the midweek against two teams that they should have. And are we sort of doing that thing we always talk about with the basketball team? You know, if they they have somehow even if they played poorly, but they had beaten Texas Southern, are we are we are we letting the, are we letting that loss affect us too much? Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, we were sitting there in the basketball media room watching the last inning of that game against Texas Southern. And they they got to a point there where what the tying run was on deck or something like that. Something like that yeah. So you were only what a couple swings away from tying the game. If they'd hit back to back homers and found a way to walk that thing off or something, as poorly as they played, everybody would have just kind of flushed it and been like, "Well, they won the game." Yeah. You know, it wasn't pretty, but they won the game. Right. So, yeah, we we probably are yeah. letting that slant things a little bit, but. I'll take them to win two out of three, but I'm, I'm I feel like I'm being optimistic as well. So we'll see what happens, though. I mean, they, they could go out there and, and put up double digit runs every game. Yeah, Look, bottom bottom line is I think that everybody's probably their spirits have been dampered a little bit, dampened. I mean, not dampered. dampered. Damper, it's a new word. Yeah. Uh, spirits have been it's I, dampened. I mix, I mix tempered, I guess, and yeah. it's dampered, dampened, <laughs> dampened, Yeah. Everybody's spirits have been lowered, we'll say it that way, <laughs> since uh, the Texas Southern loss. But this team has so much more talent than I think even that, maybe even that, that 2018 team that, that started the year just going nowhere until about mid-April and then just kicked it in gear. I could see this team taking a similar plight and growing and growing and growing. And I mean, you remember that was Rowdy's freshman year and Tanner's freshman year and all those guys' yeah. freshman year. And by the end of the year, that was a dang machine. Um, I could see this team doing something similar. I could see Brandon Pimentel by the end of the year being outstanding. Uh, I, I could I could see some of these bullpen arms really stepping up and, and as the season goes along. So anyway, yeah. I, I think that. We'll see. How this, this is a good weekend to maybe start some of that. All right. Over on the hard hardwood, hard court is where I was going. That's not right either. We keep making up stuff. We're just making up words today. It's great. Uh, it's Miss, Friday. It is. Or, Mississippi State travels to Columbia to take on Missouri, a team they already beat 
uh, earlier this season here at the Humphrey Coliseum. Beat them, as I recall, pretty handily. Let me see that final score. Uh, yeah, beat them 72-45. I mean, they would really got handled here in Starkville. Uh, and Missouri has not played great all season long. They're a 14-14 team. Uh, they are, you know, 6-9 and nine in the SEC. No? Okay. Uh, that's, that's y'all stick. <laughs> Stick. Stick. Uh, you know, not a great scoring team. Only averaging about 67 points a game. Defensively, they're pretty good. Only giving up 65 a game. Uh, and they it's, it's fascinating that they shoot the ball relatively well. I mean, 42% is not as abysmal as you would think it might be for a team that has this record. Um, not a great rebounding team. You know, turn the ball over probably a good bit more than they would like. They're just they're just not great. They're not a great team. And Mississippi State should go up there and win this game relatively easily and put themselves in a position where if they finish out strong, they'll go to the NCAA tournament. But then this team on the road this year has just not been good. You know, they lose at Alabama, at LSU, at Ole Miss, at Kentucky. Um, won at Arkansas. They didn't win at Arkansas. By they didn't the win at Florida. Their teeth. Which, looking back now, it's probably their best win of the year, uh, the win at Florida. They have to win this game. They have to win this game. I'll say it one more time. They have to win this game. If they don't win this game, they are – I feel like they've lost three games in the last three weeks that I said, okay, now it's over. But I really, really believe it's over if they lose this game. So I ask you, Joel T. Coleman, are they going to lose this game? Nah. Okay. They're winning this one. Now, I don't know about the one on Tuesday. going to be tough. <laughs> that may be different. But I, I feel like State – I like picking the better teams in games, and Mississippi State's the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, better team doesn't always win, but that's where I like going with. And, and when you have the guys that State has, you've seen them already beat this team like a drum. You know they are the better team. I know it's on Missouri's home floor, but I do feel like this is a game that Mississippi State should win, and I think it's a game that they will win. Um, They're not under any illusions. They know, like you and I, they got to have it. Mm -hmm. And and I do think there is a a certain component to just wanting it more, and and I think State needs this more than Missouri. I think they're going to come out and play well and win the game. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hundred percent trust that. I'm just, I don't know how they couldn't come out and play with a little fire in their belly. I mean, th- this is a game that they know they should win, and it's a game that they know they have to win. So I don't, I don't know how you could come out anything other than completely focused in this one. Um, if they come out and play to their capabilities. I think they can win this one. I don't want to say in lopsided fashion, but but convincingly. What's the, the interesting thing to me is this: I have to assume they're going to score more than forty-five points this time around, right? Probably. And State was not particularly great in this game offensively uh, in Starkville. Only seventy-two points. Um, now they shot the ball really well in this game, fifty-five percent. Um, but this was not your typical MSU game in that. State only took seven free throws the whole game. Normally, you know, they might MSU in the way they've played. They get to the line a lot. Not not the case in this game. Three Bulldogs were in double figures. Perry had 23 and 10. Nick Weatherspoon had 11. Tyson Carter had 15 with seven assists. Good game. This was the uh, 
I think this was the game where we said, okay, Tyson's sort of broken out of that slump, and then we found out it was just going to be sort of up and down with him all year long. Um, Nice State was plus 12 in rebounding, so that's obviously very good. But State did have uh, 17 turnovers in this game. They forced 19, so that's that's a good thing. But I just expect more offensively from uh, Missouri in this game, and I don't know what to expect offensively from Mississippi State because, like I said, on the road, they've just been this anomaly. So I'm a little worried. I'll be totally honest with you. I, I don't see how, if you're an MSU fan and you've watched this team this year, I don't see how you can't be worried. I don't see how you can look at this team and go, I got complete confidence that they got it handled. They haven't had that all year. They've been an up-and-down team. You don't know who's going to show up from one week to the next. What you have to hope for is that they just, that, that they get it, that they, they do, in fact, understand where they sit in the pecking order, that they're looking at the same stuff you and I are looking at and saying, okay, we have to keep winning if we want to get in. That's what those players need to be saying. So, for me, I don't know. I'm I'm a little sketchy on this one to be totally honest with you. Why don't you tell me who your uh, your playmaker is going to be? Ah, uh, it's a good question. Yeah. How about Abdullah Do? He has been a ball of energy the last ever since that Arkansas tip in. He's been MVP of this team maybe in just an energy standpoint. Like he brings it. That kid brings it. Yeah. And on the road in this environment. State, like you said, sometimes on the road, particularly offensively, they're not all that great. So defense may be big. I'll go with Abdullah Dew to come through again and, wow. and, be, and be everywhere. And I mean, he's been he's been contributing a little more offensively here and there lately too. So okay. that's kind of just a a personal. I'd like to see him continue continue his upward trajectory here lately. And and plus, the more the, the better he does, maybe the more they'll bring him to media too. Because I like talking to Abdullah <laughs> Dew. He's a He's maybe the best interview on the team. I think I'm going to go – I'm going to keep it uh, simple. I'm going to go with Tyson Carter, who to me has been sort of all year. If you just show me Tyson Carter's stat line, I can probably tell you if State won or not. Um, and on the road, he's been bad this year. So if he can have a big game, I think that will go a long way in, in getting the Bulldogs the win they need. So, you know, he needs to be 12 to 15 points on good shooting percentage, you know, 50% or above. Getting to the, you know, not just relying on three pointers. Getting to the to the paint like he's shown the ability to do do this year, and of course when he's playing the point guard, he's been pretty good there. Uh, yeah. uh, they they've they've done that a little bit more recently of letting him get a little bit more responsibility at the point, and it's worked out well for Mississippi State. So Tyson Carter's who I'm going with. What's Tr- your truthfully? We we both probably could have went with like Nick Weatherspoon because he's been his road games the last. Few have not been Bad. great. Well, everybody though, it's not. It's not just. It's him. not just him. I hate to but. single them out. It's just not just him. So the teams have been bad on the road. It's as simple as that. So, uh, what's your prediction? I, I said I thought State would win the game. I do think State will win the game. Um, I th- I'm like you. Missouri's not going to score 45 again. Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna have a little better. They'll have, have a regular game yeah. where they score 65 or so 70 yeah. points. I, I'm gonna go 78 70. Mississippi State. Okay. I'm going to take State to win, but Uh-oh. I think it's going to be super close. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know, right? Well, they're winning, any, they're they're winning all hope. Everybody's just throwing stuff right. Oh, come on! I think they, they win a very close game, and I mean really close. 72-70 is going to be my final score here. Uh, it comes down to the final possession for the Bulldogs. I just I just don't have any faith in them on the road. I'll go ahead. Spoiler alert. Regardless of what happens in this game, I'm picking them to lose on, uh, on uh, Tuesday against South Carolina. That's just going to happen. 
So we'll see where this one takes us. But 72-70, Mississippi State gets this one and stays alive for one more week, and then we'll see what happens uh, after that. So we'll have plenty to talk about on Monday's podcast. New sponsor coming to the podcast. Not going to give that away just yet, but uh, we will talk about them uh, as well. I think it was Zika virus, by the way. Zika, that that is correct. That is correct, yeah. I remember that, that now. Like, if it bit you, your yeah. your unborn kid's head may be big or something. Yeah, somebody I, I know had a kid when all that scare was going on, and they were just terrified of it. And there you go. Good good call. Dr. Coleman over there. Yeah, I actually thought about that when I was in the middle of my ramblings about baseball that probably was incoherent, and <laughs> everybody's probably now dumber from having listened to it. Yeah, well, that's, that's, you know, we, that's one of the uh, guarantees with our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty-one percent dumber at the end. So as you go into this weekend, we award you no points. That's right. And may God have mercy on all your souls. Yes. Well, have a great weekend. Back with you Sunday afternoon or Monday morning. I guess. I guess we'll have to do it after the baseball game, which is Western Coast time, so it'll be later. So yeah, probably regardless of what happens on uh, basketball, there'll be no victory Sunday because we'll have to wait out baseball uh, to to do a podcast. Have a great uh, weekend, and we'll talk to you again very very soon. For Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.